Hey everybody, welcome back into Flock Talk, the official podcast of the Boyd Skycarp. There are 43 days until opening day with Josh Flickinger, Larry Larson. Glad you're with us and uh, I'm excited. I'm, you're starting to taste it, right? You get that little taste of, of spring in the air, like the temperature dips up like above 45 and you're like, all right, you know. I can picture baseball on this. Yeah, you can really picture it because if you look at our field right now, it is not completely covered in snow. In fact, Jamo Jamison Wilcox, our our groundskeeper, does such a fantastic job that our our grass is an amazing shade of green right now. It's like midsummer yeah. out there, and uh, no that's spray just, paint involved. No, either. that's just a credit to him. It looks like it's ready to be played on, and uh, you know. It's right around the corner, folks, so we're excited. Single-game tickets are going to be happening. They're going on, on sale soon. We'll have a date announced for that here shortly. And uh, we're getting our, the last uh, promotional schedule details in line, and then we'll be, we'll be ready to go. But, yeah, April 7th is not far away. I'm so excited. Yeah. You know, skycarp.com slash tickets. You can buy season tickets now and see every single game. Yes. That's what I personally recommend. That's the Larry Larson yeah. plan. You're going to be for all the home games, certainly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Every, every single one except, like, two. Yeah. So. Not home games. Yeah, no, Say those like would be overall. on the road. You can miss a few road games. You, know, well, you don't have to travel. You well, don't have to get on the bus. You know, you're biased, but. There's well, a couple more I think you, you probably should miss. No, I'm, I'm okay, were, actually. Yeah. I, I enjoy my job, contrary to maybe popular belief. I don't know. Well, certain things should come ahead of the job, I think. No, well, you know, this is. This is not for not for podcast talk. <laughs> Jeez, uh, you know. Hope the girlfriend's not watching. Um, I'll text her. You know, it's funny because <laughs> you know the the quote where it's like you know you stare out the window and wait for spring during the winter. Yeah. As soon as the season ends, I, I'm not feeling that. Right now, I'm starting to feel that where it's like. Yeah. I'm, re- I'm ready. I'm ready for baseball. To Little be spring fever. I can't wait. You know, opening day. We typically have. We're fortunate enough to have a few of our local TV stations show up 5 a.m. for the morning show <laughs> They've on been opening ready. day. I'm ready to go. I say bring on that, you know, 19-hour day because uh, we can't wait. We can't have the, wait to have the, the players here in town. And we've even got, got some, obviously, new players every year. That's part of the deal in minor <laughs> league baseball, a whole new team just You'd about. Hope. But also some new staff members, too. Yes, and uh, Billy Gardner, Jr., uh, new manager. That's a great segue. Uh, great, wor- great work there, Flick. I, I learned from working the best, on Larry. Um, Billy Gardner Jr., a guy who's been around the block, to say the least, experienced minor league manager. And I think you were bringing this up a few weeks ago. His managerial record in the minor leagues is, I think, a little bit above 500. Mm-hmm. And he's been a minor league manager for about 20 seasons. Yes. That's that's really impressive. It is. It is. And uh, he's got a few, uh, at least one title to his credit earlier in his career. In fact, I want to say it was in this league that Billy Gardner Jr. won a title. Larry might be able to look that up for us. But but he won. He did have a, 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 a championship. I know he's been to the playoffs several times. And obviously the Marlins saw something in him that says, hey, this guy has been a success. He knows what he's doing. Um, we had an inkling they were maybe, you know, itching for a veteran manager to come in here, <laughs> and uh, and they ended up with Billy and, you know, everything. They passed on Flick. Yes, I was uh, I was in the finalists. I had a I had a several interviews, um, 
But I showed up to shirtless to the last one just to see, I, you know, so I could fit in kind of in the locker room motif. And that immediately took me out. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's going to be great. So Billy Gardner has managed in the Midwest League twice prior for two seasons with the Michigan Battle Cats. The old Cats. Battle Cats. And you know where they played? Battle Creek, Michigan. Absolutely. At C.O. Brown Stadium. Uh, shout out to my Northwoods League folks. They'll know C.O. Brown Stadium. It's, uh, it's quite the place. Yeah, bet. Um, there's a reason that the, the affiliation didn't kind of stick around. They were Yankees, I know. They were Yankees, and yeah. then they were Red Sox. They actually wow. constructed. Those are, t- <laughs> those are two fantastic like, yes. top-of-the-line franchises hanging out in Battle Creek. Yeah, and then they went uh, to the Devil Race after that. Okay, so, that makes more sense. Um, but they built their left-field corner to replicate Fenway Parks. Okay. So when the ball caroms down the line, the outfielders knew how to play it. I thought that was really an interesting That's, note that, that is I, cool. That I found out in isn't, my travels. Isn't Battle Creek also the, the home of its a cereal, big cereal place? Yes. Kellogg's, right? Yes. Yeah? It okay. smells like cereal, I've, All been, right. I've been told in the mornings. I never got to experience that myself. But That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then he managed Dayton for one year in 2006. Okay. So, these past two seasons, he's uh, he's been indie, in indie ball in yeah. the Pioneer League, uh, and hey, Pioneer League—that's high quality indie ball. Absolutely, and you know the Marlins must have had some coaching staff scouts out there in uh, the Pioneer League because uh, also coming from the Pioneer League, um, Dan Radison, our hitting coach. Yes, yeah, he coached with Jim Riggleman out there, longtime oh. big league guy. Yeah, former Cubs manager. Yeah. Our fans will definitely be familiar with him. Yeah, who knew? Um, that's the funny thing about baseball, right? You know, Dan Radisson is a guy who's been in the big leagues for a little bit. It's like everybody knows everybody. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, well, certainly Riggleman and Radisson knew each other. They worked, I think, all 10 years that uh, Riggleman, the former Cubs manager and uh, Padres. Reds? And then, Don't yeah, forget about the Reds. Big interim guy. Um, was a veteran guy in the bench. But anyway, um, they spent all their time. Whenever Riggleman was the manager, Radisson was his hitting coach. So um, Radisson is going to bring a wealth of experience. And the other cool thing about Radisson is he was a minor league manager for about 10 years, too. So he's, he's seen it from that standpoint in the Yankee system, I believe, for so Trenton. Yeah. A lot of vets on the staff. Uh, I think that's the bottom line. A lot of guys that the Beloit guys can learn from yeah. uh, in the minor leagues. Because I, I think high A is a level where – it's super formative, right? Low A in the new structure of the minor leagues, that's kind of where you get your first taste of yeah. kind of real minor league ball. And then you get up to high A, it's probably your second or third season of mm-hmm. of football as a stateside at least or out of college. And uh, it's a big year for a lot of guys. Oh, no doubt about it. It's it's a critical year. We talked about that in the past that you just – you don't – you don't often see a lot of times, you know, just taking the example of a high round or really any college guy is they might play their rookie year um, after they get drafted in the rookie ball. And then their first full season, um, they might skip that low A and go right to high A. You don't have a ton of guys that skip high A. They're at least no. usually in there for a, you know, a month or so, maybe to get their feet wet, whatever the case may be, and then move up to double A. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's obviously a huge stop uh, on the way to the big leagues. And before we move on, a quick note on the rest of the staff. Jason Erickson, Chris Brione yes. is back. We love and them. Those two guys, I mean, seeing it firsthand every day, uh, the work that they put in yeah. with the guys on last year's roster, 
uh, I mean, that's, I'm glad they're back. They're our work, coaches. our defensive work behind the plate did nothing but get better as the year went on with all of those guys individually, and that's a huge credit to Brio. And Who worked with a first-year guy in Bennett Hosteller. Exactly. Really, and, and you know, kind of transformed him into a guy that was, by the end of the year, pretty good behind the plate. Yeah. Which is hard to believe, you know, coming from a guy that hadn't done it. Drafted as a shortstop. Exactly. <laughs> Very mean. different position. And, uh, and then you had Jason Erickson, who, you know, presided over one of the best uh, pitching staffs in the entire Midwest League. So. Yeah, and I know players, big fans of both those guys. Absolutely. So. Excited to see the coaching staff coming up here in a few weeks. Um, but they're busy at work now. Spring training is open, and it's a huge Twitter season, right? Spring training oh, opens. Great. You get all the videos online of like guys like Yuri Perez facing Luis Arise. That's something that we saw uh, earlier today. Uh, you get those fun little matchups. And uh, I think that's kind of the best part of the opening few days of spring training, right? Because and it's also like pictures of Yuri Perez watching Sandy Alcantara throw bullpens, and then you're like, oh, man, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, in a lot of the stuff with Yuri Perez, who, of course, was a snapper uh, back in 2021. Oh, snap. Uh, oh, snap, indeed. <laughs> and it seems like they, the Marlins, I am certain intentionally, have done a lot of pairing him up with uh, Sandy. And uh, it makes a lot of sense because those two uh, are going to be rotation mates sooner rather than later. Maybe not this year, um, but maybe this year. Look, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've read a lot, you know, being that we're yeah. close to the season on the Marlins prospect lists and Perez's consensus number one. Yeah. It seems like it's not out of the question, at least according to, you know, those writers that Maybe he gets a September call up. Yeah, I think so. that's very fair, and and certainly going to. Uh, he has no reason to start the year in Double A, right? He's no, he kind of did everything he needed to do. Exactly. There. <laughs> so he'll start in Triple A. So you know, you maybe they, you know, there are other factors, of course, which our baseball fans are very in tune with, when, in terms of starting arbitration clocks and stuff like that. Yeah. That sometimes keep guys that might otherwise be ready from the big leagues. But but Yuri, I would certainly expect to to, to get a call at some point this year, and then all expectations would be health, uh, barring injury, to start out the 2024 season in the rotation. Yes. Yeah. I remember before last season, it was very funny. I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe we're going to get Yuri Perez for like <laughs> a month. Yeah, and the Beloit cold, uh, the number one prospect in, in the whole organization in Beloit in April. Didn't happen. Yeah, no, no. Didn't happen. Uh, good but, one. Good one, though. Wishful thinking. Yeah, absolutely. But we are going to have, make no mistake, we are going to have a prospect-laden roster in 2023. I think we're all very excited about, you know, we, of course, not only do we not know what the roster is going to be, the Marlins brass doesn't either because no. there's so much that could happen in the next six weeks in terms of, well, you hate to say injury, but there's usually a few guys that get nicked up. And then just performance-wise and evaluation and, hey, you know what, boy, this person's really taking a leap. Or just even from last year, what did they do in winter ball? So there's so much to, to, to be decided, but we do know um, – there are some spots where whether they send us player A or player B, we're going to be really excited about either one because there's a lot of talent in the system that's right around our level. Definitely is. And it kind of goes back to Yuri Perez, right? You know, talking with some of the Marlins player development staff throughout the year about Yuri Perez, it sounded like it wasn't a consensus thing that, oh, he's going to start next year in double A. Mm -hmm. But he came out in spring training and impressed against big league guys. And as a result, Got that call up to double A. So, I mean, don't get it twisted. This, these are important days, even opening spring training. If you come out and impress, especially on the pitching side, 
uh, that could do you a lot of good. No doubt. So, hey, another guy who seems to be having a, a nice start to spring training, Victor Mesa Jr. Yes, our Homered guy. in the in the first spring training game that they had, first scrimmage. The inner squad game, yeah, and we all know certainly the tools and the potential that VMJ has. And um, you know, one of the first questions we got in our fan fa- in uh, Skycarp Fest was, is Victor Mesa Jr. coming back? And, you know, there's a reason for that. Is he's one of our favorites, but one of the fan favorites, too. And he could be, you know, just one of those. I'm not necessarily saying uh, face of the franchise, but I'm going to draw a cross-sport um, comparison here between a guy uh, by the name of uh, Jamal Williams, who's a running back, used to be for the Packers, now for the Lions, and isn't a guy that's ever going to be an all-pro but is so embraced by fans and provides great social media content. And that could be Victor, too, because he's so engaging with people. And, um, you know, we, we wish nothing but the best for him. And the tools are there. And I expect a big year from Victor. And that probably doesn't start with uh, no. here in Beloit uh, no. here in, in six weeks. I think uh, he might you know, be a little frustrated if he started the year in the cold. Yep. I think, I think kind of everybody would be. Yeah. Um, hey, speaking of FanFest... Uh, you made a trip down to Marlins Fan Fest. Uh, how'd that go? Let me tell you, we had no idea what to expect, and there's a good reason for that. Not only had we never attended that as a staff, it had never happened before. This was one of the initiatives that they came up with for this year that the Marlins were going to put together this Fan Fest, and boy, did they do a fantastic job. I mean, I'd have I have no idea. I have no idea what kind of numbers they had as far as fans go, but there was a steady stream of people, um, and they utilized just about every piece of that ballpark, which, by the way, it doesn't always necessarily come through on TV because it's not always necessarily a full house there, as we know. Unbelievable park. Beautiful. And the kind of the coup de grace was they had the roof open, which, um, from what I was told by locals down there, doesn't happen a lot during the regular season for one reason or another, um, whether it be heat or obviously precipitation, which they get a lot of down there. So um, beautiful ballpark. They had the players. I mean, I think just about every guy, it seemed like, on the 40-man roster. And a few, like Victor, who aren't, he was there too. Dax. Um, yeah, Dax was there. Dax Fulton got a, a, a huge spotlight, as did uh, likely potential um, future Skycarp Jacob Berry when they were um, kind of singled out and uh, as one of four prospects that were on this panel that was oh. broadcast to the entire, um, the entire stadium. Very cool stuff. So Dax is really getting a lot of love early in spring. Well deserved. But it was great. And even if... Um, I saw through maybe some different eyes uh, the, the festival as I had other duties as assigned. Sometimes the uh, life of a uh, PR manager takes a little bit of a different and much sweatier turn. Um, it was still a, yeah, that is a direct reference. Well, you know, we don't want to ruin any Santa Claus type dreams <laughs> or the kids out there. But if you know, you know. Um, what do you it, mean? It was a great time. It was a great time. We'll just leave it at that. It was a, it was a great time. Many... People came and one goose. Yes, Poopsie was there. Poopsie was a huge hit. I mean, literally hundreds of people got their picture with Poopsie because the people of South Florida now, you know, we're a new affiliate. Poopsie's obviously brand new. Um, nobody really, you know, a lot of people, what, what is going on here? And then, man, the name, the jersey, 
just the whole the whole ensemble people really fell for so it was, it was great to spread the gospel of poopsie down in uh, south florida that's, that's one way to put it <laughs> you know poopsie won't be migrating anytime soon I think. no this hashtag is here to stay quick visit quick yes. visit I, I woke up to the sound of honking geese the other day okay it's and, a good uh, sign hey that's how you know sky carp literally here to stay yes that's the reason that's the hashtag um last quick newsworthy note before we get moving into our final segment of the day no interview you know spring training kind of busy that's Uh, tough these guys are busy now some guys are occupied yes um throwing baseballs and such um but mlb rule changes yeah that that is a topic of much discussion now because the rules that we saw in the minor leagues this past year are now moving to the big leagues this year and that's the pitch timer that's bigger bases that's the pickoff rule you can only throw over twice without getting the guy. Um, and some new position player pitching stuff that we actually didn't see in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to get your take on your opinions of what we saw last year, good or bad. Thumbs yeah. up, thumbs down on the on the new rules, especially I, the pitch clock. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go thumbs up. And, and obviously the, the main part of that and the biggest – change that the big leagues will see is that pitch clock because one of the big things you'll see and you 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 find it especially when you're at games um i experienced this a lot i went to i don't know five or six brewer games last year interspersed with our uh home schedule and the difference is just striking obviously you're going to have the longer breaks between innings to fit in commercials and whatnot at the big league level but the in-between pitches, um, it, the difference was unbelievable. I mean, our, our average game time, and that was due to the fact also that we had a terrific pitching staff and a hitting, and hitting that was a little up and down, right? So our, our team profiled as to one that would play quicker games. But when you're playing two-and-a-half-hour games, it's just a whole different level. And so the pitch count, I think, was a major factor in that, and I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of impact that has on the big leagues, even if it can shave 10 or 15 minutes off an average game time, that's huge. Yeah, I, I think the bottom line is the pitch clock worked, right? Yeah. It did its job. It shaved the average game time by, what, 30 minutes, they yeah. said? 30-ish minutes. And you could tell a difference. Yep. I mean, when a game went two hours and 50 minutes or that three-hour mark, yeah. oh, my God, y- you notice. Um, and that's something that you really couldn't say before. Did the pitchers like it? No, indeed, they did not. But they got used to it because they were forced to, and I think – you know, they made those adjustments as the year went on. I mean, it's also a hitter's clock a little bit, too. They have to be sure. in the box by a certain point. And I think yes. that's kind of where it drew the most controversy online, right, was these clips would go viral of a batter with two strikes in the seventh inning with runners in scoring position, stepping into the box a little bit late, and he gets called out. I can honestly say I only saw a batter get called out due to this rule, I think, three times. Two of them was the same guy in the same month. Um, so, I mean, it, it just didn't happen a lot. It didn't. And we, towards the end of the year, we weren't even having any sort of violations on the pitcher either. No. At the beginning of the year, you know, you saw some. But here in the last month of our, at least our home games, maybe one or two, it was very minimal that, 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 that those guys would get a violation. Which rule or which part of the new package are you most skeptical on? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I'm just not sure how much of an impact the bigger base is going to have. Um, you know, I know they want to encourage the running game, 
And you do see a lot of bang-bang plays at second base, but that one, I'm not sure if it's going to be enough to change entire, you know, managerial philosophies heading into a game. It's like, well, we wouldn't have stolen, but now we've got this, this base that's a tiny bit bigger. Let's try it. I just don't see that. The base path is three inches shorter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like that's going to have a significant impact. Well, I mean, you look at the numbers, and it, it did, yeah. right? I mean, stolen bases were up. And I think that all in all is a good thing. Oh, I, I was think listening so too. to um, another great podcast, um, Cespedes Family Barbecue. Oh, okay, yes, I'm aware. Um, yep. The Barbie cast, and they were talking about it and had some guests on talking about this, and they made a great point. I think it was Jake Eisenberg, new uh, Royals broadcaster. He said it's not something that you're going to notice day in and day out, but when you look at the stats at the end of the yeah. season, you will notice a difference. And I think ultimately that's a good thing, right? The, the action turns up just a little bit, but you don't notice it where it's like a dramatic shift. I think that's the whole point of everything that they're doing is to try to get away from these three-hour, 25-minute games that feature 24 combined strikeouts, six home runs, and four other hits. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a genuinely genuinely less exciting product to watch than it was because there's less action happening in the game and the more they can promote activity whether it be on the base paths or you know with the the shift um, just getting more singles and doubles in there um, I think the better it's going to be for the game I think the one that I'm most skeptical on is the pickoff rule Mm. as the year went on I think it became really apparent that I think pitchers need one more pickoff throw okay because there's a lot of times where guys will step off throw to first not even throw a pitch step off and throw over to first again and then that's two pickoff throws before you've even thrown a pitch yeah you have no real ability to hold on the runner right and I think also that comes down to strategy that's largely a pitcher's fault if you throw it back to back but say you've got a guy like Nassim Nunez on first base he's going to occupy a lot of your mind yep and so much of c- controlling the game comes down to holding on runners, and it's not an exciting part of the game, but it's an important one, you know, especially at the big league level when guys' talent level is that much higher. Um, so I think pitchers need one more pickoff throw because realistically I don't, I don't think we're going to see that many times where a guy is going to throw over more than three times in that bat. I agree. I so. agree. It's, it's just those specific guys that are going to draw that attention. Indeed. Indeed. We interrupt – This edition of Flock Talk to bring you a new segment. We're calling it Merch Madness, right? Uh, The last one, I don't know what it was called, but Merch. This time, one very special goose is paying us a visit. It's Poopsie. You know, maybe you missed Valentine's Day and uh, forgot to give your special someone a gift. Maybe they like stuffed animals. Uh, Maybe you're looking for a, a March birthday present for a youngster in your life. Plush Poopsie. We've got a lot of them downstairs. Maybe you don't want a goose. Maybe you want some other sort of stuffed animal like a tiger or some other sort of big cat Mm -hmm. with Skycart merch. We've got that too. Beak Boutique, team store. You can visit it online right now. Go to skycarp.com, follow the links, uh, and who knows? You might see something special, and what do you know? We've got a little treat for you just for tuning into this episode. Use the promo code FLOCK. For 20% off. 20%. 20% off anything and everything in the store, including and Including that Poopsie. Goose. Now, the, the special thing about that Poopsie is it is um, 
it is not mass produced. These were these were hand individually sewn, and um, and yeah, very personalized, customized. It's a it's a great replication of our beloved mascot. So stop in or shop online, even better, and order one up. Use that promo code FLOCK for 20% off. Back to the episode. So one more segment for us today on Flock Talk. Top of the order at our bottom of the order. And spring training is upon us. And that means spring break is mere weeks away. Uh, Our spring break trip to Jupiter, Florida, if we can call it that, is impending on what, March 22nd? You're, You're counting down the days, I'm sure. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so we're going to head down to Marlin Spring Training, see a lot of fun stuff. What about some other destinations? Spring break destinations is our top of the order topic today. Pick your top three spring break destinations. Looks like we're going to flip an eraser today okay. to decide who gets to go first. Mitchie does the honors. you got to call it, Larry. You forgot to call it. It's a key part of the coin flip. Is Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get, let's rewind redo. that. Okay. Call it the um, air, Heads. Expo is heads. Back-to-back okay. heads. All what right. are the chances of that? Tails has failed. Um, you know, for, for my first one, I'm, I'm going to go with Jupiter, Florida. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot to see there this time of year. So I'm, I'm so excited, in fact, I'm, I'm going myself. Yeah. Yeah, for four days. If you want to meet Larry and I down there. March 22nd through the 25th, you can look us up. Um, we don't have any hotels booked. Um, we're flying an airline that doesn't even allow any bags. So this is going to be a ragtag operation. We're basically just we just going down there. I'm going to have a spare set of underwear in my back pocket and my cell phone. And that's it. And we're going we're gonna to have <laughs> or a make some time. content. Yeah, content, big time content. So just be keeping an eye out here. You've got five weeks to prepare your trip, your own itinerary. Feel free to send us some ideas. I mean, yeah. what, do you, what do you want to see from spring training? Uh, yes. Shoot us a Twitter message. Appaloid Sky Carp. You can comment on our YouTube video. That'd yeah, great that's a good one. Um, at MLB Larry, We're at here J for the Flick, fans. whatever, 2115. One, two, one, that's um, close. And, yeah, we're here for the fans, so whatever you guys want. And I, I do think for my selection, um, you, you kind of took it, but I just <laughs> think that fans that, that haven't been to a spring training, and I didn't go to a spring training until, you know, I was uh, 20 years old, 21 years old, actually. Got um, me beat. Yeah. So you've never been? I, I went when I was 22. I went last year. Oh, there you go. So, so spring training just gives you, and it was, I hate to say this, but back in the day, back in my day, it was, it was even more so. But, but still, you, you just get access to the players if that's your thing, autographs if that's your thing, just um, up close and personal, great seats for cheap prices kind of thing. Um, it's just a whole different different vibe. So you gotta pick a specific destination, or yeah, Maryvale, Arizona, to see my okay. Milwaukee Brewers yeah. is where I would pick. I have not done the Florida spring training experience. I've done Arizona a couple times. Same. So this will be this will be new. The the beautiful thing about Arizona, which I know is different than Florida, is that Arizona the complexes besides Tucson are really compact. So if you're down there to see a particular team, even if that team is on the road that day, it's likely they're within a half hour drive. So that is really nice. But Florida, a little more spread out. Is there even anybody in Tucson? 
Uh, yeah, the White Sox used to be there. Maybe they all, they all moved. Everything no, was, they are. Uh, they're in Scottsdale. Oh yeah, so maybe Camelback maybe there's not Ranch anybody. The Dodgers. Maybe there's not anybody in Tucson anymore. So maybe it's all concentrated there. But obviously, great for their tourism, and I know it brings a ton of fans every year. Yeah, I used to when I was a kid. I used to know where every single major oh, league too. team was. Yeah, uh, not anymore. Uh, that's been erased from my brain. But mm-hmm. anyways, um, Colorado Rockies, Chicago White Sox. Well. Colorado Rockies are now a talking stick, which is not in Tucson, with oh, Diamondbacks. That's a new that's a new facility, Salt River Fields. And so it's multi-team facility. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, interesting. I think they used to be there, and you you make a great great point about the White Sox. They used to be there too. So I don't know. It's um, it's different. Yeah. Um, I think my second pick. I'm gonna go with a, a skiing destination. How about just Colorado? You know, everybody thinks spring training or spring break, oh, I want to get warm. Hit the slopes. You know, celebrate the end of winter. Well, well I know you. I know that's a sensitive it topic is. for you. So I, I broke I my leg uh, when I was that. eight years old on the slopes and haven't been back since. Um, so tough one for me. Uh, and and I, I, am, I am just against that mindset in general, Larry. I do believe that. Because here's the harsh reality, and maybe in the time that we're going because it's it's late March, but if you're planning, if you've got a regular spring break, which may be like March 8th through the 14th, just pick some dates. The bottom line is when you return home to where we are in Beloit, where I grew up in Rockford, <laughs> you've got about another six weeks where it's still going to be cold. Well, uh, I mean, what's your definition of cold? Yeah, I get you. I mean, fif- sub 50. You know, yeah. like where it's not really going to be warm. It really isn't warm here. I mean, it was 38 mi- on opening day last until year. Until so. mid-May. Until mid-May. It's really not warm. No. That's just the reality. We, we who live here know that. So that having that week in the warmer climate is huge. And that is why, you know, I would just choose a, you know, if you're, if you're um, maybe uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. How about that? I like, like a that. place like that that you can, you know, maybe a little non-traditional. See, I would well, not. I mean, of course, I'm old. Um, there's another so, place like kind of close to there that you may have heard of, but I think it's pronounced like p- Pensacola. 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 Of course, yes. Yeah, a place <laughs> like that that maybe isn't. I like. I am not going to go uh, to a classic. I'm not going to South Beach. For spring break i am way too old for that what do you way mean? too old for that you fit that demographic i don't actually uh i do not i specifically do not i'm double the age of that demographic um so i'm staying away from there but but a nice place where you can you can warm up a little bit get some beach time where it's Florabama. still away from the crazy yeah floribama there you sitting go. down here on the floribama okay um you know that song no i don't you should look it, it sounds up. terrible it's be open to new things Stick with my Springsteen. Don't worry about right. it. Get off my lawn. Um, last pick. I'm going to steal your inevitable um, last one. Uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh. March Madness season. Oh. Coincides with spring break. Boys trip out to the gambling capital of the world. If you're into that thing, I'm not. Um, some of us might be. But, I mean, even if you don't do that, you go to the world's largest sports book and there's like a pool and it's like 18 TVs. So, I mean... I don't think there's anywhere better to watch March Madness than 
Vegas. I'm going to counter with great, great pick. Thanks. I'm going to counter with this only works, and this is just, I'm just such a, you know, just a single-minded individual because these are, this is another sports one. But what about, Larry, if you're a big fan of a team that, say, is a top four seed, what about following that team to your various regional site? I've done that several times. That's a fun time because a lot of times, especially where we are, you're going to have inevitably better weather. Yeah. The only place you're going north is maybe Minneapolis, you know, Albany, New York. Albany, New York. Yeah. Home but of a lot the of East times Regional. it'll just be a little Louisville action. I've done that. KC is a, a great regional host. Uh, this year, um, Team Mobile Arena, right? Nice. For the, uh, for the uh, Sweet 16 will be Kansas City. But um, that's a great time. You, get, you mingle with other fans, you got your little own pep rallies. I don't know if you've ever done that. Um, you know, for a team and, and been around that. Have you ever been to a tournament game? No. Okay. Look, sensitive subject. So I know he's a Bradley guy. So well, that no, hold on, lot. hold on. So th- there's a story <laughs> behind this. It's tough because I was on vacation. Um, actually, come to think of it, I, I went to spring training when I was 19 mm-hmm. with a buddy out in Arizona. And um, I was also my freshman year at Bradley um, when Bradley made the tournament. Yeah. And they took eventual Final Four qualifier Michigan State down to the wire they did um I was watching in Arizona on a television outside um wearing the same exact thing I wore at Arch Madness in St. Louis so it was jeans a sweatshirt and a jersey over a sweatshirt wow superstitious that's a look um so I was excited um you know it didn't come to be I was planning on going to the tournament in 2020 that didn't happen um Bradley still would have won a game. I'm going to say that. They would have made it back to the Sweet 16. For sure. Uh, definitely. Um, this year, I don't want to jinx anything. They're there. They're right there. I mean, they're going to play Drake. And if you're into mid-major basketball, we're getting out of our realm here. You're not. Um, well, it's, I think Drake could probably uh, give Iowa State a run. So, okay, well, Tucker DeVries. Still a projected three seed, but whatever. You know. Uh, but, yeah, Bradley Drake, ESPN2 on Sunday. I'm going to be there. That'll be fun. Okay. In Peoria. Well, look forward to that mid-major action. I will. Yeah. I don't appreciate the sarcasm. No. No, it's Take good. Take it seriously. It's God. good. Unbelievable. The world needs ditch diggers, too. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. All right. Well, we'll we'll see who's laughing when, we will. when Bradley wins in Albany over Iowa it State. It could happen. Uh, it could happen. Because, I mean, what? Iowa, Iowa State's right on that 4-5 yeah. line, right? Bradley's yeah. like that 13-12 range. Could be a 5-12. Oh, man. We would uh, never I'm going to make you jump in the Rock River. <laughs> I would make that bet with you. I would make that bet. <laughs> oh, man. That, uh, that, that sounds worse than it actually is. We should, we should end this. And speaking of bets, real quick, I want to give props to our bearded Philadelphian, Jared Tackett, who <laughs> lost a heartbreaker in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Just like he lost a heartbreaker in the World Series. At least that one didn't go seven games. It went six, right, the World Series? Yeah. Um, so he lost his bet to our producer, Matt Mitchie, and did his best and fully succeeded in a full submersion into the Rock River last week. If you haven't seen it, look it up on our Facebook page, Facebook Live, uh, a great event, pre- and post uh dive interviews um it was quite a thing and jared props to you and uh maybe not have so much faith in a team from philadelphia next time it's been a rough year for the philadelphians 
Um, but not Matt Mitchie. He's on top of the world right now. Kansas and Kansas the Chiefs. Kansas and the Chiefs. Same year. Unbelievable. Well, different years, but you understand what I'm well, saying. Well, it yeah. seemed like sports year. Yeah. It wasn't even the same sports year, though, because it really – that concluded, right? Yeah, technicalities, technicalities, all right. Well, we're... we can say within a calendar year. Yeah, within a calendar – 10 months. 10 months, he got two titles. Unbelievable. Can't ever say that I've done that. No. You definitely have. Definitely not. See you, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, we'll save that for next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Flock Talk. Be sure to subscribe either on YouTube or on Spotify, and we'll talk to you next time.